Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, let's get right to it before I turn the microphones over to the stars of the show, Doug and Jess. They, of course, post from the Tribune Review. Doug hanging out at the Duquesne Light Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. They're just doing all sorts of marvelous things. But I want to tell all of you, if you're the 10th caller, you win that gift certificate right now from Sorgles in Wexford at 412-922-1020. And if you call 866-391-1020, you can get on the air with a garden question or, of course, Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK Radio. Radio.com and the Right Automotive text message line, the best deal in town. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug and Jess. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. So yesterday at the home show, I had three appearances. Then I went to Recipe for Hope uh, and served my garlic tomato basil soup, which I was lucky enough to win an award on. Got home, started working on the computer, got in bed about 11, fell asleep, got up about four, couldn't get back to sleep, drug myself out of bed got in the truck, went down and got some gas. And as I'm sitting there pumping gas, I hear this little sparrow singing. And I'm like, where's that? Where's that sparrow? That is right on the guardrail, right next to me, singing back and forth to a mate, trying to get uh, the mating call going. And no matter what, the car's driving by and everything, that little sparrow. And I just sat there smiling, made my day. (laughs) <laughs> it was so nice. And the, all the other birds starting just as the sun is, is is below the horizon, starting to work its way up and start to hear the birds. The days are getting longer. I never really knew a sparrow's call was so nice. I thought it was, I thought for sure it was a wren. I was thinking like, it must be a wren. It's so pretty. It's such a pretty call, but it was a little sparrow. So I think that's why they were brought here. I think that that's why the European settlers brought them here, if I'm not mistaken, that they missed the song sparrow's hmm. song. So they like... It's a song. It's a song that you never hear during the summer. It's only the the early in the spring the mating call, and <laughs> it just made my day. Just started well, my day. Apparently, off right, you know? that little sparrow singing <laughs> made you fall in love. So hopefully, he found himself a cute little sparrow girl too. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I was thinking the same. Not with the birds, but with the uh, the sun actually being almost all the way up before we got into the studio today, which is a not next, what we've been used and to. Next week's the time change. Yep. It's a tough oh, morning. Is it next week? Yep, oh, jeez. It, it's okay. a tough morning, but yeah. oh man, longer days. Yes. We'll get ready to garden. I am not looking forward to this cold weather coming up though. I, My wife's just like, it's winter. This is what winter is. I'm like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Everybody's turning into a wimp, including me. <laughs> You're in your footy jammies. I refuse to go out of the house, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and you know what? We should talk about this cold weather coming because a lot of people get a little panicked about their daffodils and tulips, which are pushing up out of the ground. I, I told you, I've got these daffodils close to the house that I inherited that are six, eight inches tall, and all the buds are out. They're, wow. they're out, you yeah. know? So... Yeah. 
But don't worry so I'm about freak, them. So I'm freaked out. I know you're freaked <laughs> Jessica, out. Jessica, what I am I supposed to do? My lot... bulbs are, should I cover them? Should I? <laughs> yeah, this is the question that everybody's asking, and I get emails about it all the time. You know, should I cover my plants? And no, you shouldn't. They are fully hardy, and they're tough. And now if you have buds on them, and the buds are nearly opened... You know, then you can end up with bud blast, which is where the bud freezes out. But even putting a blanket over it when we get really cold temperatures, that doesn't insulate it in any way to protect the buds. And a lot of times it damages it more because it squishes them, right? So better to just let them out there and do their thing. It's so funny because these daffodils, you know, every year they do this Mm -hmm. and, and it gets really cold. They, they make it somehow, some way, even, even sometimes they'll, they'll bloom and it'll get so cold that they'll just lay down on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and that'll warm up and about half of them will stand back up. It, yep. They're amazing. They are. And even, you know, in most cases, most people's bulbs up are up just, you know, a few inches by this time. They're not up that high and they don't have the buds developed. You must have a super early variety there. But if it's you, if you see right, them up, don't worry right about it. It's close to the house. It's yeah. between the sidewalk and the house. Okay. And, you know, it completely dries out there, which just shows you something, you know, when you're thinking about planting your bulbs. I mean, this would be the worst place. You could never grow a plant there during Mm. the summer. Mm -hmm. But these bulbs every year come up and do their thing. And like I said, in the summer, they they don't get any. It's right under the eaves. They don't get any water at all. And that's what bulbs love. They love to dry out. Love the dry in the summertime. So the other thing I've been hearing from people about are their rhododendrons and mountain laurels, which this time of year, their leaves kind of hang down and they curl under on themselves and they look really, really sad when they do that. Somebody sent me a message say, should I just forget about my rhododendron? Is it gone? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's what they do. Why do they do that? It's a protective mechanism. So on the undersides of all of those leaves, especially, and it's on all leaves, but when we're talking here about these broad-leaved evergreens, on the underside of the leaves are little pores. They're called stomata, and they're little pores that um, air and water vapor moves in and out of, right? So they're curling down like that and curling in is a protective mechanism to prevent moisture loss from those little pores in the leaves. So they curl over themselves to sort of create this little micro environment underneath that leaf that keeps the plant from drying out because broad-leaved evergreens are really prone to drying out in the wintertime. So this is, it's, it's the plant protecting itself from those extreme cold temperatures. So you would be proud of me and all the listeners that are coming to the home show every day because we're talking all about pollinators and growing Yay. plants for pollinators. I am at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show every day today. I'm going to be on at 12. Every day today. It's every, already been a long... Every day today and tomorrow and the next... <laughs> How many days Five are left? Five days after no, that. No, there's more. <laughs> Seven days, eight. I don't know. I don't know. If the home show's open, I'm there. Okay. 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 12, two, and four today. If you would like to come see me, you know, you can get in for free. If you promise to come see me speak, you can find all about that at Everybody Gardens. And I'm giving away this wonderful seed for this tomato called Heart of Italy that I love. Cur de Toro, the bull's heart. Uh, I just love it. Really meaty. Shaped like an ox heart, shaped like a bull's heart, and pink and tasty. So come on down and see me at the home show. We're having so much fun there. But I'm thinking about you every day when I'm talking about those bugs and pollinators, and people are really into it. People are, I've got all these seeds for sale there for pollinator plants. They're just eating them up. Four different types of milkweed and, um, you know, zinnias and cosmos and our favorite, tithonia. Mm-hmm. And people are, are really responding even more so than I thought they would to try and be part of this 
organic movement, you know, growing without pesticides, with, without chemicals, and trying to help the good bugs. It's all because of you. And I'd like to think it is, but I'm sure that it's not. But it's it's such an important topic, and it's so exciting. I just hope it's not too late for so many species, right? I mean, everything, every little thing that we can do to help these insects is a good thing, even if you can just plant one plant. All right, listen, uh, the number to dial to be on the program is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Text us on the Red Automotive line, best deal in town. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, congratulations to Paul Cannesburg, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. Let's go to uh, Anna in Monroeville for Doug and Jess on KDK Radio. Hey, Anna. Hello. Hey, Anna, what's on your mind? Well, I I was doing some cleanup. Um, <laughs> the deer are not helping me at all. But, but uh, getting a few of the leaves that have blown. And I have these tiny delicate little bulbs and they're coming up and they're raising right up out of the ground they're on top of the ground and my coral bells too and they've had leaves around them so and i tried to dig uh, it's muddy <laughs> what do i do yeah so i mean this is a good lesson in the importance of when you have an insulating layer like that in place just leave it in place until the the true spring arrives, um, because what happens is, you get, we go through these freeze thaw cycles, right? And when we go through these freeze thaw cycles, a lot of plants will heave up out of the ground. So that's what's happening with your bulbs and with your coral bells. The freeze thaw cycle, expand, contract, expand, contract. That pushes the plant's root ball or the bulb up out of the soil sometimes, mm-hmm. and yes. and that that is actually happens quite a lot here in Pennsylvania. So if you've left the leaves you know, lie in the fall, which is what I do in all my gardens. I just let the leaves lay in the, and then I clean it up in the spring. Wait to do that fall, wait to do that cleanup until later in the spring. And that will provide a little extra insulation. So at this point, you've cleaned the leaves out. What do you do now? Right? That's the question. Well, I haven't, cl- I, I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I thought that's I, good. I heard you in the, my voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. I like being stuck in people's heads. So one of the things that you can do is, I don't know if you have any evergreen trees on your property that maybe you could get a couple of boughs off of because sometimes you can lay those boughs over top of plants that have heaved up out of the soil um, and that does help insulate them but still allows air and water movement uh, around Ah. that plant. The other thing that you can do is when we do have a thaw is go out and actually physically step them back into the ground when the ground is really soft. Um, just take your foot against the top of that root ball and step down and push that back into the ground. And you could also put a couple of, you know, maybe handfuls of shredded leaves or mulch of some kind up around the base of that plant. And then you're going to want to clear it away in the spring when the weather really warms. But leave any insulating layers in place and uh, as long as possible. Okay. All okay. right. I will. I I feel so sorry for them. Yeah, well, uh, they're tough. They'll be okay. That was the thing, too. I was going to say, these plants are resilient. So, so yeah. our, our friend Bill from up in the North Hills sent me a picture uh, of some plants under lights. Couldn't wait. 
Candy onions, in caps. <laughs> we'll trim later today. Cold frame as soon as can set up. <laughs> Look at this picture. Nice. Look at all those onions. Well, I mean, the thing about onions is he's perfect. That's <laughs> one. If you're going to start something from seed early, onions is one of the ones to start early. And those are beautiful. They look really nice and healthy. Onions, for me, always do better growing from seed than from sets. Always. I always get bigger bulbs when starting the Candy's seeds. a great one. It is a great one for Pennsylvania. I, I, it's perfect for Pennsylvania. I know out at uh, uh, Janoski's, that, that's what they start, all, all these candy onions and just a big, sweet, beautiful onion yeah. that I can't grow. Yeah. Well, you don't get much sun. All right, Brad and Clarion up next for Doug and Jess. Hey, Brad. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Brad. Excuse me. Um, I uh, bought my wife a miniature rose bush for Valentine's Day. Uh, the reason I did, because it was out in bloom, and uh, I figured, well, I'll just give her the roses on the bushes. And uh, I was just wondering from now to when I get, take it out to plant it, what, how, how to take care of it, how often to water it, and so forth. Well, that's very sweet that you got her a rose plant instead of just cut no, roses. I mean, both are lovely, but yes. Brad, you're such a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get Cindy for Valentine's Day? What's that? Brad, you're such a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's not saying what I he got. Cindy. Yeah, there you go. See, you take a lesson from Brad, Doug. There you go. But I, two, two dozen roses. Did you really? I had to use them on TV. Oh, oh that's <laughs> awful. You're terrible. Anyway, so Brad, uh, yes. you said it's a miniature rose. So it's one of those uh, in like a little four-inch pot or six-inch yeah, pot? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, so and, those... And it's ever-blooming. It's supposed to bloom throughout the summer. Okay, so uh, a lot of times when we have plants like that that are forced to bloom out of season, like clearly this is not a typical time when a rose would bloom, right? So it's forced to bloom out of season in the florist and in the greenhouse. A lot of times they don't successfully make the transition out into the yard. So be prepared if it doesn't work. So you just know that you can do everything right, and sometimes... They just don't live. But uh-huh. to increase your chances of success, I put it in a nice, bright, sunny window throughout the rest, you know, remaining months. I would not put it out into the garden until mid-May when the danger of frost is past. Mm-hmm. Um, try to choose a nice, sunny location, but one that might, maybe is a little bit more protected, if that's at all possible. It'd be nice to plant it on a, <coughs> like three days of cloudy rain. Yeah, yep. Yep, that's a that's a good idea. And don't plant it on a day that's going to be super hot and sunny because it's mm-hmm. going to be a tough transplanting process if you do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of those are not hardy here in Pennsylvania when they grow the florist roses. So I would also, you know, check that and see if it says something about it. You know, it's it definitely being hardy here in zone five. That might be an issue as well. But my thing is just grow it as a successful houseplant, even if it doesn't oh. bloom indoors, and then move it outside once the danger of frost has passed. Mm-hmm. Another thing uh, he mentioned about seeing a sparrow the other day, my wife looked out the window, it's a nice, bright, sunny day. Four robins right there. There you the go, the signs of spring, signs of spring. And you know, all that I had the other day was four turkeys on the side of the road and they would not let me pass. They kept attacking the car. I actually have a video of it. It was pretty funny. Seriously? Seriously, these four big turkeys and uh, they were in the middle of the road and they wouldn't let me pass. And then finally they moved over to the side and I started to drive and they started attacking the side of the car. Attack of the turkeys. I know, it was crazy. I don't know if they saw their reflection in the car. Well, what they did, but I have a video of me like talking to them and telling them to get out of my way. What did you get for Valentine's yeah. Day? Um, love. Eternal love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to bust me. <laughs> <laughs> 
We well, don't yeah, do not... gifts. We don't do gifts for Valentine's Day. Okay. We don't, except for our eternal love. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about that windstorm? Did you guys keep your power? We did. We had our power the whole time. Uh, we did lose a bunch of branches in the backyard, but not too bad oh, for the us. Leaves. The leaves. Oh, all the leaves you cleaned off. In my property. Off. I didn't oh. clean off that many. but the, Okay. It, they're all, I mean, it's just starting over. I'm starting over again <laughs> with leaves. They're just after that windstorm. Cracked off a tree right in half. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, kind of a weird place. There were people, I understand, that were out of traffic for, or out of traffic, out of electricity for many, many days. We were out from 7 p.m. Sunday till noon on Monday, and I shot a video Monday morning. <laughs> the videographer's like, sent me a text. Um, do I need to bundle up or are we going to be inside or outside? I said, either way, you're going to have to be bundled <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time to be without, without electricity. Well, I talked to some people that we had a, a live audience at PTL on Friday and uh, people were, were had just got it back that morning or the or the night before okay. on the Thursday. So they said, that, and they didn't leave their house. Their house got down to 40 degrees. Oh, because ours was on, inside the house, forty degrees. Ours was ours got down to fifty three, which wasn't bad. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, that it makes me cold just so thinking we, about that. We talk about uh, Bill and his candy onions, but it is time to start collecting that seed starting stuff, getting it together, see what's there, and and certainly in my case, uh, sterilize a lot of those pots. Yep, yep. So uh, that's really important or with containers. seed starting. Yeah, it's important with seed starting containers to have. You know, whether you start them in flats or cell packs or, you know, some other type of container, if you had used that container to grow plants before, you're going to want to wash it in a 10% bleach solution before you use it again, because there's a lot of pathogens that can transmit. And since seedlings are super susceptible to a lot of them, you really need to make sure that you have good, clean equipment when you start your seeds. It's way too early still to do like tomatoes and peppers and eggplants, but you could do early season crops like you know, your your coal crops like broccoli and, and cabbage and things like that. Kohlrabi. Or the onions. Kohlrabi is a good one. Brussels sprouts is a good one. But hold off on those warm season crops. It's too, too early. But it's a good time to get everything together. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, now listen, if you want to talk to Doug and Jess, now's a great time. You know, coming out of the news, all of our lines are open. So if you dial the number, you'll be on the air with them in just a matter of moments. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. You can text us on the Red Automotive line, best deal in town. Tenth caller right now wins a gift certificate from Janoski's 412-922. 10, 20, Doug Jess. So with all these seeds that you have that you're selling at the home show, what has been the most popular one? The series of milkweeds. Yay, for pollinators. Got, really? Uh, butterfly it's weed. Wonderful. Common milkweed, the beautifully named swamp milkweed, and showy milkweed. That's awesome. I, I'm I'm in trouble because <laughs> I think we're running out of some of that stuff already and we're two days in and I ordered twice as much as we had last year yeah so. can you get some more yeah i gotta figure okay, it out but good. it comes from oregon so oh it'll be here little, in a couple of days here thursday okay but we'll be good we'll figure yeah. it out I, yeah you know i was just so happy with the response to uh, people just understanding and and feeling supportive for pollinators and and wanting this to work and i did see a little bit of data showing that uh monarchs were were doing a little bit better down there in mexico uh hopefully on the comeback trail. Do you yeah. know anything about that? I, You know what? I haven't read. I mean, I did read a little bit of 
initial reports. And I follow Kylie Baumley, who has, uh, wrote a book called uh, The Monarch, Saving America's Most Loved Butterfly, I think, or that's the tub- subtitle. It's called The Monarch. But anyway, she goes to Mexico every year and has for the past maybe eight or nine years. And she goes into the reserve where the butterflies, the monarchs are overwintering up in the trees. And she posts videos and pictures of the preserve. And it is just absolutely amazing. And so she often will post on her Facebook page about how the numbers are and how they're looking. And I do know that they're up this year, but I, you know, obviously like anything else, it fluctuates from year to year. All it would take is one bad storm coming mm-hmm. through there to really wipe out millions of them at, at one time. They're still nowhere near what they, they should be. But doing one thing by planting milkweed, that's a positive, yep. right? That's their host plant. But also stuff they can eat later in the season before they go on to Mexico, right? Right, right. So the, the, the milkweed is grown primarily as the larval host plant, right? Because this is the only food source for monarch butterfly caterpillars. They can only eat plants from that People were coming genus. up to me and showing me pictures of their milkweed with the caterpillars yep, on it. it's awesome. I mean, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool to see. But you do need to have lots of flowering plants, right? So especially things that late in the season, like your asters and goldenrod and boneset, things that bloom really late because that's when they need to get a lot of their nutrition before they start to fly south. Um, and so that's that's why I think it's really important that you not you I mean you obviously want to have milkweed, but you obvi- you want to make sure that you get long blooming plants as well. Uh, if the audience can see, Jessica basically took the little finger and the thumb up to her ear and went, "Now you can phone. put some phone calls I on." I think we just so got Rob, two put phone your calls. coffee down. I know. <laughs> I wanted one sip. Wanted no one sips for sip. you. And get to our callers. No, no sips, no for, sips you. for you, sir. All right. Hey, uh, by the way, John DeSantis, let's just give the guy some. Yeah, from the home, home and garden, or Duquesne Light Home and Garden. Farm to table. Talk about that. You both loving the farming industry as I do. Yeah, it's just, it's just great. You know, John DeSantis is a great guy. The show's great. Farm to table's there. Let's talk to people. All right. What do you want to talk to him about? No. Let's go to (laughs) Marie in Sheridan. Or is that Sheridan? Yeah, Sheridan. 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 Hey, Marie. Hi. How are you? We're doing great. What's going on? I'm listening to you on the radio, but on the radio, it's different than I'm hearing in the phone. I've said that for years. <laughs> yeah, we usually tell you to turn down the radio and just listen to us on the phone. So or what's you could going turn on? Turn the radio up and really confuse yourself. No, no, don't tell her to do that. Um, I was calling to find out where I could find castor bean seeds. I've looked for them for years, but nobody seems to have them anymore. I have a box of them at my house. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> sent me that I keep. Where do you store all this stuff? In? Oh, don't get into that. <laughs> don't start there. Okay. Cindy will be like, oh, man, I'm telling you, oh, it's a disaster. Tonight got... on Hoarders. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. See I, Hoarders. Is there any way I could have some of those? Or can you tell me where I can find some? If you can't find any, you hook up with me. Hey, I got me, plenty me, of them. But meet, where, where do you think we could? in the parking lot. Where do you think we could order them from, Jess? Uh, well, I know they usually have them at Select Seeds, which is a, an, a online. They have a website, and they produce mm-hmm. a catalog as well. Uh, Select Seeds. Did you try um, Territorial Seed? No, that's another I do online things. Okay, I'm that's sort of another a dinosaur seed. kind of person. Well, I'm not. I'm trying to remember. So I. I'm trying to remember if Renee's carries them. Sorgals might have them. I'd call over there because they carry Renee's. Yeah, give Sorgals a call, see if they have them. Um, you know, we're going to have to kind of wait. Well, I guess the seed do you racks think, are out. Do you think that um, uh, I don't think Chapins would have them? Maybe. Chapins would be another place I would try. 
Well, Chapins, I'm not familiar with. Sorgles, I am. I can yeah. try there. But yeah, try I there. I know there was a commercial for Chapins just a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's a really cool place. And they Where have is a, that? Chapins, it's on Streets Run Road out in Baldwin. Oh, okay. Uh, you just it, drive down Carson Street oh, south okay. and just keep going till you get to that cloverleaf kind of close to Sandcastle and follow the sign of Streets Run Road, and it's a mile down the road. It's very easy to get to. Oh, but okay. give, give them a call. Look them up. And if you, ha- if you don't have success... Uh, you're going to have to track me down. I'll get you some seeds. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I thank appreciate you. that. And that's one thing, too, with her for the future. Like, you can, castor beans are one of the easiest plants to save seeds from because they're so large. So if you harvest a few seeds from that plant every year, then you'll always have them to replant the following What's year. the toxicity of that it's plant? extremely toxic. Okay. Extremely toxic. So, you know, most Pets and kids and stuff are not out in the garden like sampling plants. So it's usually not that. I mean, there's a lot of plants that we commonly grow in our garden that are toxic. That just happens to be one that's particularly toxic. Okay. So don't eat the seeds or anything like that. All right, short break. We'll come back. We're going to take a lot of calls in the final segment. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Uh, yes, they are. Right back to the phones. Let's say hi to Lily in Whitehall. Hey, Lily. Hey, good morning. morning. Uh, first, first of all, I would like to say how much I enjoy listening to your show. And uh, my question is, in our front yard, uh, between our driveway and our walkway, we have like a sloping um, hill with a retaining wall. What would be a good suggestion for something to plant there? Uh, we're thinking of redoing the area, and it generally gets the hot afternoon sun. Oh, Boy, do I have some plants for you because I have an exact same condition at my house. Between the driveway and the front walk, and there's a retaining wall there, and there's a big bed, and it's full blasting hot sun. Can I throw something in before you get started? Yeah. Bulbs. Yeah, bulbs. That's a good place for bulbs, too. Plant some bulbs this fall in there just to have some early spring color. That's going to warm up quick. Snowdrops, crocus, glorious snow. Daffodils, tulips. If you don't have deer, maybe some. Uh, al- we have plenty of deer. Uh, that's going to be my the, next question. Forget, forget the tulips. Forget the tulips. Yeah. Alliums. Yeah. What else? Uh, and then you talk about yeah. all those plants. I want to hear what you have in yeah. mind in there. So I have a big issue with deer. Also, so you just have a big issue. <laughs> I just have a big issue with deer, with sun, with this bed by the driveway. I feel, I feel your pain, right? So my front garden is filled with um, perennials. So I'm thinking, you want to do perennials, or do you want to do annuals? Um, uh, perennials would be better as okay. we're getting older. We're looking for yep. low maintenance. Once and done. That's Just perfect. Like you, Jess. Just like me, low maintenance and getting old. No, Wait, I was which one? Say getting getting older. old. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. It's not you. low maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now. All right. So my favorites for the I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Uh, Nepeta, which is a, a cat mint, but it's a beautiful, long flowering perennial. Pretty easy um, to grow. Super easy to grow. Nepeta, N-E-P-E-T-A. That's a good one. Any of the perennial salvias are very good. I like one called May Night. Um, How is that May Night both our favorite sal- perennial salvia? I don't know, because it's a years, great plant. 1999 yep. perennial plant of the year. Yep. 97 yep. perennial plant of the and year. And it's really commonly available at garden centers, which also helps. Uh, the uh, should sh- I ask for May Night? Yep, May Night. But any of the perennial salvias will work. But May Night just happens to be one that has a beautiful long bloom period, which is something I always strive for. Um, Shasta daisies. 
And the Shastas are great because the deer don't eat them. They have that beautiful white daisy with the yellow center, uh, also long blooming. Love those in my front garden. Um, I also have some Perovskia, which is uh, Russian sage is the common name for that. That's also deer resistant, long blooming. It's, it's later in the season, but once it does bloom, it has a long bloom period. Okay. Um, Tell her a little bit about Russian sage, what it looks like, because that's really a pretty plant. It's a cool plant. Yeah. It's kind of like a little tiny gray sort of feathery leaves. It's a real wispy plant, um, real thin. It's not like a, a real dense plant, so you can almost see through it. So that's nice for a planting like this where you you can see view it from different angles and it doesn't, you know, obstruct the view to other plants. So that that one works really well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is in that front. Oh, uh, Heliopsis. I have a yellow Heliopsis out there, which is beautiful, bright sun, uh, gorgeous yellow color, does not need to be staked. That's another, yeah. all of these plants don't need to be Talk staked, about that, which is good. Talk about what it looks like, that plant. Heliopsis? Yeah. A little, um, I say little, but they're like maybe two inches across, uh, yellow daisy-like blooms Mm -hmm. late in the summer, which is uh, a good time for me. I need more color in my garden in the late summer. And they're just, uh, it gets probably about three feet tall, two and a half, three feet tall, but the stems are super sturdy, so you don't have to stake them. Okay. That's really good. So that's some good good choices for you. Would cauliflower work in there? Thank you. you. Thank you very much. You're welcome very do you, much. Do you have any trouble with deer eating the cone? I do have trouble. Right. Well, and it depends. So like my cone flowers, what's weird about it is I have the, the pink straight species, Echinacea porporea, that the deer eat. Huh. They do not eat the yellow variety huh. with the yellowy orange, one of the uh-huh. newer cultivars. That one, they don't seem to bother. Wow. So I'm not sure if that's like a, a thing or if that's just my particular herd of deer uh, but the, I have the pink one in that front garden, and it always gets eaten down. So, okay. yeah, that one for me has not typically been a good choice. Okay, it's Carol. Hey, Carol, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I have a question about hibiscus. I've had that plant for probably about three years. I transplanted it once, but I never pruned it or cut it back. Um, right now it's in the basement, and it has a couple of blooms on it. I'm thinking, and it, but it's very leggy. I'm thinking when I put it out in the spring to prune it quite a bit so that it'll be bushy. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer to do a little pruning every year versus waiting until it's out of hand and then having to do a major pruning. So, uh, How big is it now? How tall is it? Five feet. Okay. So I would do a major pruning this year before you take it out in the spring. And then Mm -hmm. every year thereafter, do a minor pruning each year. So then things don't get so out of hand, right? And you're not stuck with this big, big job if you do a little bit off of it every year. And hibiscus do this, don't they? They bloom in the winter. I was going to say, isn't, isn't that fun, Carol, to have some blooms in the winter? Yes. So pretty. Yeah. Uh, should I transplant? Uh, not transplant it, but put it in a bigger uh, pot. Yep. 
Yeah, that would be tra- mm-hmm. that is transplanting, and you certainly can do that. Um, if it's been in the same pot for three or more years, I would say it's probably time to transplant it. Jess and I transplanted mm-hmm. the, the hibiscuses that we grew into pots so big they were too hard to move, and we just left them outside accidentally, in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do when they're that big. That's not nice. No, it's not nice, but it's so hard when they're. I mean, literally, my the pot that I had mine growing in, I could almost not even get my arms around it was Ugh. that big. And it was just so hard to haul in and out of the garage every year. So I just left it go. But It's selective memory. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually taking care of one for a friend. And I've been so busy. I have a friend that's down in Florida covering spring training. And he says, I finally kept my hibiscus going. I usually kill them. Can you go over there and water it for me? Oh, no problem, no problem. Just give me the code. Yeah, no problem. And then day after day, I don't get over there. And I why t- are you watering it in the winter? Does he have it as a house plant? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, he's got it on, on the window. It looks pretty good. And yeah, I got there in the nick of time. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the the tops, the leaves were starting to kind of dry out, but it's still still okay, alive. Good, because that's the difference between growing them as a house plant and growing them in dormancy. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. There they go, two of the happiest people on the planet. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.